Hello there. Happy spring. I can't believe it's spring already. That's wild. Uh, I hope that this season is already being really kind to you. Uh, I feel like spring is a reminder that healing is possible. It always feels like hope. Um, so I hope you are feeling that in particular this year. And uh, um, I hope that you are well. My name is Ryan, and I make music under the name Sleeping at Last. And this, as you are probably already aware since you press play, is called the Sleeping at Last podcast, uh, where I have the absolute honor and privilege of getting to tell you about how my music took shape. Today's episode is all about my song Turning Page, which I cannot wait to tell you about and and to share some of the stories about how it was made and how much fun it was to experience the release of it alongside the Twilight Breaking Dawn film and and a bunch more. Uh, But before we jump in, I'm really, really pumped to tell you that the third chapter of my Atlas project will begin really, really soon. I've been super hard at work on it for a little while now, and I'm just beyond excited to finally begin talking about the project and to share the new music that I've been pouring myself into. Um, And once the first song releases, there will be an episode of the podcast, which I will introduce Atlas 3, as well as um, just talk about all of this stuff in greater detail. But for those of you that might not have any idea what I'm talking about when I talk about Atlas, I'm going to give you a quick overview about what my Atlas project is, and then I will fill you in a little bit on uh, at least a couple details for the upcoming Atlas 3 project. So Atlas is basically my long-form concept album. So rather than a dozen or so songs that make up a typical full-length, it's actually a trilogy of heaps of songs. So Atlas began with Atlas 1, which was 30 songs inspired by the origins of the universe, and those songs uh, were broken down into the themes of darkness, light, space, which was a song for each of the planets in our solar system, land, uh, which was a song for each of the four cardinal directions, north, south, east, and west, and oceans, uh, a song for each of the Earth's oceans. Then came Atlas II, 25 songs inspired by involuntary human development. So life, us, it's, it's about people, the stuff we are born into. And those 25 songs explored the themes of life, the five senses, uh, the four basic human emotions, intelligence, and the Enneagram of personality. And then that brings us to right now, or, or very soon, which is Atlas III. Uh, and which will contain at least 25 songs, so I can share that with you now, inspired by voluntary human development. So it's what we do with all that we're born into. So another way I, I like to view the project is Atlas 1 represents the past. Atlas 2 represents the present. Atlas 3, you guessed it, represents the future. Because of this, uh, the themes of Atlas 3 will, will kind of unfold uh, like the future does as a secret. So I won't be sharing the exact themes that I'll be exploring in Atlas 3, but they, they will reveal themselves as the project moves forward, um, which I'm super excited about. Uh, but I can share that the very first song of Atlas 3 will be called Overture 3. And I know that doesn't really actually tell you anything about the types of songs I'm going to be writing for for this uh, this project, but um, I, I am gonna I am gonna share one of the themes right now, which is I will be writing seven songs based on the seven forms of love, and I'm really excited to explore that in Atlas Three, amongst many other themes um, that will remain a secret, but um, you can know at least that seven songs based on the seven forms of love uh, will be a part of Atlas Three. I'm really, really excited to share all this with you. I'm so pleased to announce that Atlas 3 will begin to release one piece at a time, like the future, starting at the end of spring or early summer at the latest. 
And information about Atlas 3 subscriptions will actually be right around the corner as well, which will give folks early access to each of the songs as they are finished and you'll get them first as well as some other fun stuff. So more information about all of that will be coming really, really soon. So Atlas 3 minimally will be 25 new songs and they will begin to release one at a time like the future starting late spring, early summer. And as I mentioned, the next episode of this podcast will be all about Atlas 3 and how that first song, Overture 3, was born. Also, speaking of new music, I actually just put out a brand new song called Hope. If you haven't heard it, it's uh, with my dear friend, Tim Fain, who's an incredible violinist, probably one of the most gifted musicians I've ever encountered. Tim and I put out this new song in support of the Orphan Myth Campaign, which is a call to action alongside 30 plus nonprofits that are helping bring 100% of children into safe and loving families. So it's a, it's a cause that means a whole lot to me and Tim, and um, we were really, really honored to get to, uh, to put this song out in support of it. There is hope in our eyes when we truly see each other. Like the light of countless stars We are not afraid of the dark Okay, turning page. I am really looking forward to sharing how this little song came to be. Uh, it's an odd bird in that it has no chorus. It's a series of verses. And uh, uh, anyway, we'll get into all of that. But but two turning page related things I wanted to share before we dive in. Number one, turning page single, which is a, a seven inch vinyl, is now in stock in the store. And it's really, really beautiful. Uh, a link is uh, in the description, but it's just at sleepingatlast.com. And secondly, I am really excited to tell you that the Turning Page was re-released today on all digital music platforms. So all the places, Spotify, you name it, uh, wherever uh, you find music, um, where not only is the original version and the instrumental version available again, but with gorgeous new artwork from Tim Demitz, uh, as well as the live version, which was released today for the first time ever. Uh, it's just me and my piano, and is a recording from the, the YouTube live video I did a, a while back. Um, so I'm really excited that it's finally out in all of the places, and I really hope you like it. You know the drill. There's a link to uh, the new Turning Page re-release as well in the description. Um, but here's a little clip of uh, Turning Page Live. I've waited a hundred years But I'd wait a million more for you Nothing prepared me for I wrote Turning Page just about 10 years ago, which is absolutely nuts and makes no sense to me. <laughs> and I actually wrote it in the middle of working on my yearbook project. And uh, for those of you that may not be familiar with yearbook, I wrote 36 songs over the course of one year. And so each each month on the first, uh, a new set of three songs would come out. And so it was it was the most um, intensive work I think I've ever done. Uh, and But it taught me kind of everything I know about how I make music today. And it's kind of crazy to me that in, in the middle of that, uh, I, I wrote Turning Page. But not as part of your book. I wrote it as a, a submission for the Twilight films. And I had actually never seen any of the Twilight films before or I've read any of the Twilight books, but I've always loved that the Twilight soundtracks were so great. They were amazing. I mean, Tom York, Bonnie Vera and St. Vincent, Iron Wine, uh, Grizzly Bear, 
truly such great soundtracks uh, and all exclusive music to the films. And I just always look forward to hearing who's going to be on the next one. And and so in the back of my head, I, I had this thought that, man, it would be so amazing to get to be a part of that incredible list of musicians myself. Uh, and honestly, a, to be a part of any film was this major dream of mine as a, a huge movie fan. But for whatever reason, more than likely fear of not making it in, uh, I just never submitted anything to those early Twilight films um, as they were coming out. And so in a random conversation in early 2011, uh, a close friend of mine gave me kind of the nudge that I needed. And he suggested that maybe I should try to write something for the new Twilight movie that they were currently making. So a few months later, feeling maybe a little bit more brave for whatever reason, probably a little erratic in the moment of working on the yearbook stuff, I, I sat down and, and gave it a shot and wrote Turning Page, my my random submission for the Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn Part 1 film, which at that point was in post-production. To prepare writing Turning Page, I, I bought each Twilight film available at the time, and I watched them back to back. And so after taking it all in, I, I did a little research as to what was going to come next in the story, uh, which was, of course, in Breaking Dawn. And uh, so it was obvious that the characters, Edward and Bella, uh, would have this amazing wedding, and that was going to be this major uh, point in the film and in the story. So, And really, the entire Twilight saga is at its heart a love story, so I decided to write a love song. I set up my iPad and kind of put it on the on the sheet music shelf of my piano and and let a couple scenes from Twilight Eclipse play over and over uh, and unmute while I would play the piano over it for for hours. So I would just play along with whatever I was seeing uh, just to see what would work and what felt right against the imagery. So eventually I, I found the beginning chords of Turning Page. I was trying to write something with like a sweetness to it, but but also with a with a touch of melancholy too, because, well, first of all, that's my favorite kind of music, but also this is a vampire love story. So it would have to it'd have to have some drama and some uh, some some melancholy to it. But when I locked in on those first few chords of the song, it just felt like the, the right direction. So I ran with it. And lyrically, my goal was to subtly include some visuals inspired by the films, but at the same time to, to write a love song that meant something to me first and foremost. Uh, I was very aware of the, the odds of this song being a part of the film were incredibly low. So I, I just wanted to make sure that if it was rejected, it, it still meant something really special to me and, and wasn't too specifically Twilight because that would be, that'd be super weird. So I, I wrote it as if there was an intersection between my, my own love story with my wife and, and specifically how I feel about her and how Edward and Bella's fictional love story was. Uh, so definitely a stretch um, and a unique challenge for myself, but but I really loved it. It was really fun to try to um, think of the song in both of those ways. What, what is a true love song to me, but also is a love song that, that could resonate with these fictional characters. So the first lyrics of the song. I've waited a hundred years, I'd wait a million more for you. I've waited a hundred years, but I'd wait a million more for you. In a literal Twilight translation, uh, the character Edward is over a hundred years old in the story, so I, I like the nod to that. And uh, and this lyric sets the tone of the song being written from Edward's perspective as well. But uh, completely unrelated to Twilight, I really like the idea of the extremity and exaggeration of waiting a hundred years for someone. Because uh, when you're madly in love, nothing is too dramatic or, or overstated. 
there's probably like a hundred trillion love songs in existence right now. And honestly, that's not a bad thing. Love is the most important thing there is. So I'm actually super glad that popular music for so long has been largely made up of love songs. I feel like it points to something bigger and more beautiful. And so I, I knew for Turning Page that I didn't want to write just a collection of pretty words for the lyrics. I, I, I had to really mean it. And so that was my one rule. I mean, it's, it's the rule that I use for every song, but because this was written with the hopes of it being a part of a film, uh, I just knew uh, it was really important that I, I kept holding myself to that rule that this song has to really mean something to me. So right before I wrote it, I got married. And uh, yep, that means that my wife and I have now been married for 11 years, which is absolutely crazy. That That is, uh, we just celebrated our 11th year anniversary. But I had a well of inspiration to draw from for this song that made this song really, really personal to me. So I knew I wanted to try to write something with the Breaking Dawn wedding in mind. So I went back to my own wedding experience and uh, went through wedding pictures and, and little ideas started coming up and um, that kind of hit both marks, personal to me and my own love story. And also that made sense within Twilight's epic vampire love story. <laughs> An example of that would be the lyrics. Your love is my turning page Only the sweetest words remain Every kiss is a cursive line Every touch is a There's a, a theme and a vocabulary of books and writing in this song. So, I, and I liked not only the the nod to the Twilight book series. Um, of course, as I was doing my research, I was constantly cracking open the Twilight books. But since this song is essentially a, a love story, I like the idea of highlighting uh, the importance of story. But uh, on a more personal level, my my wife is an incredibly talented writer and. and for her whole life has been absolutely madly in love with books. And so I, I really love the idea of pulling in the theme of books and story in the visuals of this song. So that became this really helpful lyrical thread, a way to tie it both into the, the love story of Twilight as well as my own personal love story with my wife. The lyric, I surrender who I've been for who you are, for nothing makes me stronger than your fragile heart. I wanted these lines in particular to sound kind of intense. Uh, they are, they're meant to be read from a healthy perspective uh, in that vulnerability is a strength and, and a gift in a relationship um, and the willingness to grow alongside one another. Uh, but I also like that these lyrics kind of frame those ideas in, in kind of an obsessive way. You know, as we all know, being deeply in love brings out kind of both the, the good and maybe not so good aspects of who we are. Uh, so I wanted these lines uh, to almost sound unstable in that way. Uh, also, in terms of Edward and the Twilight romance, um, these words just kind of felt like they came from the perspective of someone who uh, has, you know, superhuman strength, like a vampire might. <laughs> Actually, I'm not 100% sure Edward has super strength. I, I need to fact check myself on that one. And the same kind of applies to the, the, the final lyrics. With a whisper, we will tame the vicious seas like a feather bringing kingdoms to their knees. I wanted to write something again that uh, had that drama, but acknowledges that love is both fragile and incredibly powerful. And the line in particular, uh, like a feather, that, that is a super subtle nod to the, the feather visual on the, on the Twilight New Moon book. Uh, as I was kind of doing my research, that lyric kind of popped up in my head as I was um, noticing the, the feather on the front of that book. 
So musically, this song was so much fun to piece together. I knew pretty quickly after writing the piano for the song that it needed to be a mixture of, of really intimate sounds and also kind of swelling cinematic sounds as well. Twilight being, you know, a blockbuster and all. Uh, and I decided early on that I really liked the idea of the song being kind of less traditional in its structure. Um, there aren't really obvious verses and choruses per se, as I mentioned earlier. It's more of a, an evolving, unfolding piece of music. Its tempo slows down and speeds up, and uh, each part kind of leads to something a little bit different than the part before it, uh, which which kind of gave me room to, to make some sections of the song sound more intimate and sweet, and then other parts to sound kind of swelling and, and driving. And it was a really fun way to work. And that approach to the song made it feel a little bit more film score-ish than, uh, than pop song-ish which I, I liked a lot. I felt like, uh, especially in the, in the way that I was writing and watching, you know, the, the scenes on mute and, and kind of treating it like I was writing a, a, you know, a fake score for the film, it felt like the right fit for the, the structure of the song. So after recording the foundational piano and voice, uh, I went on to add, you know, layer after layer, percussion, guitars. There's actually a banjo in there. some background vocals. And again, because the the arrangement of the song is sort of always evolving and kind of ebbing and flowing throughout the whole piece of music, it gave me a lot of room to just add in these these really, really subtle uh, sonic details uh, along the way. One rule that I kept to is all the instruments needed to be old and timeless, and so there aren't any synthesizers or computer-generated sounds um, throughout this song. The piano that I recorded this song on is a quiet upright, and actually it was my very first ever real piano. Uh, I played around for a super long time to get the miking the way I wanted it, and, and weirdly the way I liked it best and recorded it was to put two microphones, one on each side of the piano, and aimed the, the mics at the wall and not the piano. So the reflection of the walls actually sounded better to me than um, any other position that I tried. So that's what this sound is. For any gear nerds, um, the microphones that I use were these uh, $100 microphones. They each cost 100 bucks, and uh, they are called Studio Projects, and um, they're awesome. I've had them for probably 15 plus years, and a ton of my music uh, was recorded using these little strange, inexpensive microphones. They're kind of a, a, a kind of a well-kept secret, which maybe I'll get in trouble for sharing that on here, but I've talked to a, a couple other engineer musician friends and uh, they are uh, this kind of like, they have a little bit of a cult following. Um, so studio projects, they make some really awesome stuff. The percussion of the song was actually really fun to record. I, I basically just used one crash cymbal and one uh, kind of detuned low tom drum that was a, uh, uh, kind of played like a like a pulse and so i approached the percussion as if it were a classical piece of music rather than a song that called for a drum kit and so um the pulse of the the tom it kind of carries through a lot of the a lot of the song as well as kind of swelling up and down with the, with the dynamics of the song and the cymbal is just played with mallets and uh, just kind of has these cymbal swells on occasion throughout the song 
being a, a song aimed at the heart, uh, I knew uh, I wanted strings to play a huge role in this song. So I sat down for a day or two and, and chipped away on a, at a string arrangement. Um, then I called up a, an ultra gifted friend of mine named Laura Mustin Sink and uh, asked if she'd be kind enough to perform and record and embellish the violins of the song. And so she kindly obliged and uh, within obliged, obliged. I'm not sure. <laughs> and within a few days, she sent back the most gorgeous performances ever, and I couldn't have been more pleased. It adds so much soul and heart to the song. So uh, she performed and recorded all the violins herself, and it turned out beautifully. Um, side note, Laura performed a, a ton of the strings on um, several songs in yearbook as well. So she's she's awesome. Then I asked my best pal, Dan Perdue, to play bass, which he did so absolutely brilliantly. Um, and I've said it before, and I will continue to say it, Dan's my favorite bassist of all time. Oh, and one of my, my favorite little pieces of the song, which probably no one really pays any mind to at all, um, is the, the pulsing note in the beginning of the song. That's actually my guitar, and initially I recorded it as just a temporary outline for what the bass should do, but I ended up really liking the tone of a uh, guitar, kind of down-tuned into uh, to mimicking a bass. Um, and so even 10 years later, when, when that little part enters the mix, I always, I always appreciate it. Then lastly, but, but certainly not leastly, I invited another of my closest pals, Jeremy Larson, to play the cello. I sent him the, the simple cello arrangement and uh, in typical Jeremy Larson fashion, it was finished in pretty much zero time and was flawless. The, the cello was sort of the, the final piece to the musical puzzle. And then the, the song was sent off to Seattle to be mixed by one of my favorite collaborators, John Goodmanson, who mixes the majority of my music. And uh, so he did an incredible job and um, puts up with me on the regular with my my incessant notes <laughs> but honestly everything he does is great and uh i feel very very grateful and honored to to get to work with him and and each of the musicians on this song is such a gift so a after putting all of the finishing touches onto the song I, I sent it down to my publishers who in turn sent it down along with you know thousands of other hopeful twilight submissions to the to the music folks over there at twilight um, at the time. And that was spring of 2011 and uh, a whole season went by and I, I didn't hear a single word. Um, so I, I just had assumed it was a no go and kind of, uh, you know, felt sad and, and tried to move on. <laughs> but late summer, uh, about two months before the film's release, I, I got an incredible phone call informing me that the song not only would be used in the film, but it would be used twice. And I had no idea where or how the song was going to be used. Um, I just knew that it would play as an instrumental at some point in the film, as well uh, as the vocal version at some point in the movie. And uh, honestly, my mind was entirely blown. I was I was so excited. And uh, at the time, I was working on those last of the the twelve yearbook EPs, and um, so I was very overwhelmed. And I just honestly couldn't have hoped for better and more encouraging news. 
close to when the film released, uh, I had the incredible privilege of, of being invited to be a part of like the, a mini Twilight tour with, with a couple of the other artists on the soundtrack, Matt Hales um, of Aqualung and uh, Lucy Schwartz, and um, as well as some actors from the film. And it was so much fun. Uh, my, my good friend Matt Mugford came with and played guitar like the pro that he is. And uh, I consider that little short period of time, that the little mini tour, as one of the most fun experiences I've ever had. And um, side note, we we got to travel in a private plane uh, along with some of the Twilight actors, and that was a that was a first for me. <laughs> it was super super fun. And so I'll, I'll rewind a little bit here and uh, and go back a little bit before before the entire Twilight Breaking Dawn experience. Uh, but the initial lyric, "I've waited a hundred years, but I'd wait a million more for you." Uh, well, my, my actual original song title for Turning Page was, was going to be 100 Years. So it was called 100 Years when I sent it in as a submission. And the reason that that's bizarre is, of course, because Christina Perry's absolutely beautiful song, uh, A Thousand Years, was from the very same film that Turning Page got to be a part of. So it was such a weird coincidence. Um, but a little while before the film was released, I, I got another phone call asking if there's any way I would consider changing the title because there was another artist on the soundtrack that had nearly the same title. So I, I didn't know at that point that it was Christina. And so I came up with a few more title ideas and uh, landed on Turning Page. To make things even more bizarre and coincidental. So remember that friend that I mentioned earlier who kind of gave me the nudge to, to try and submit something for the film in the first place? Well, his name is David Hodges, and he's not only a dear friend, but he's an incredible songwriter and actually co-wrote Christina Perry's A Thousand Years. So super, super bizarre. So not only was it absurd that we both talked about the idea of having music in Twilight someday, and both ended up actually getting a song in the same film, but we both named our songs nearly identical to each other without uh, either of us having any clue. So obviously a thousand years is is a lot more than a hundred years. So <laughs> I'm glad that it uh, it has that title and that uh, my, my song Turning Page is called Turning Page. But I do wonder how it would have shaken out if I had named it a million years. So w we may never know. Christina and, and David's song, A Thousand Years, is is truly an absolute stunner. And I'm really, really grateful that that since the film came out, um, Christina Perry was kind enough to invite me to join her on a tour. And it was so fun. And I'm really, really honored to get to call her friend and uh, all because of some vampires. So another really fun experience that I never imagined having was uh, that I got to have the honor of attending the Hollywood premiere. Um, it was so surreal and when we all sat down inside the, the Nokia Theater in L.A. to watch the film for the very first time. Uh, and at that point, again, I still had no clue where the song was going to be in the actual film. And honestly, I was so, so excited and blown away sitting there in the theater uh, with where the song ended up. The instrumental played first and in its near entirety uh, as Bella walked down the aisle to marry Edward. So it's this really beautiful wedding scene. And then on a, on a much more steamy note, um, the song replays this time with my voice uh, again, nearly in its entirety as Bella and Edward have a very nice honeymoon. <laughs> but truly, I, I could not believe it. And oftentimes when a, a song gets used in a film or a TV show, it, it's very much in the background. And you, you really never know and how it's going to turn out until you see it for the first time. So for Twilight, it was just such a special experience to be in the theater, seeing it with all the people that made the film in the first place and uh, all the other artists that I got to have the privilege of being a part of the soundtrack with. 
and uh, to, to watch it unfold um, together was really, really special. So uh, honored and privileged to be part of such a, a special moment in, in the series. Turning Page, getting to be a, a part of the Twilight films was, it was a career-altering experience. And uh, I am so deeply grateful to the folks at Twilight um, who, who let this song be a part of their film, uh, but also to, to many folks who have let this song be a part of their lives, to, to those who record cover versions on YouTube or TikTok, uh, to the couples that allow it to be part of their weddings and other special moments in their life. Um, to see the ways in which people have allowed this song into their world over the years is, is truly overwhelming and uh, just really, really means a lot to me. And something that's meant a ton to me as well are the people that I got to meet through this experience. Uh, some of my, my favorite people on the planet are because of Twilight. Laura and Leonard from Imperial Mammoth, who, who also were a part of the soundtrack, uh, Matt Hales, uh, Lucy Schwartz, uh, Mia Maestro. Uh, just, I'm so grateful that these people were put into my orbit, as well as the, the people that I met at different shows, and all because of this song and all because of some vampires. So that's been a, a really, really, really special life-enriching experience as well. And I, I should note that the fans of Twilight are some of the sweetest, most wonderful people ever. I've said it many times that I wish everyone could love something as much as Twilight fans love Twilight, because <laughs> it is it is a love that is bigger than I've ever seen. It's It's really special. Although there's a lot more detail that went into making this song, um, this feels like a, a natural stopping point. So we're going to go ahead and listen to the song in its entirety now that you've heard its birth story, and then I will wrap up after that. Here is Turning Page. Kiss 
once again, thank you so much for letting Turning Page be a part of your life in whatever capacity over the years. I am so deeply touched. And thank you for being curious about how this song was made. Uh, it's so much fun to get to share the heart that went into these songs. And um, I just feel very, very grateful for your, for your time and uh, for your ears. Oh, as a reminder, Turning Page, the live version is now out everywhere that music is, Spotify, Apple Music, all that sort of stuff. And lastly, Atlas 3 will begin so soon, late spring, early summer at the absolute latest. And as a, a little refresher, it will be 25 plus songs, all inspired by voluntary human development. So what we do with all that we are born into. Uh, and although the themes that I will be exploring will unfold as a secret, like the future does, uh, the one theme that I have announced today is uh, I will write seven songs based on the seven forms of love. I am so excited to explore that with you guys, and I will be making tons of new episodes of the podcast detailing all of the new Atlas 3 songs as they are released, as well as uh, talking about some of the previous music that I've released as well. So thank you for being curious. Thank you for listening. I hope that the rest of your day is a really, really good one.